your home for Northeast Ohio soccer. This is Breaking Lanes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of Breaking Lanes. I am your host, Logan Congrove, and joining me today is another very special guest, our first high school level student athlete on the show. Joining me from Walsh Jesuit High School is Miss Hannah Patch. And Hannah, how are you doing this morning? Hi, I'm doing very good this morning. Super excited. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and spending your Saturday. Wouldn't want to be anywhere else. <laughs> Hannah, let's jump right into it. For those who don't know Hannah, Hannah is, again, at Walsh Jesuit High School, a forward, also playing for Cleveland Force at the club level, and is currently committed to Virginia Tech when she graduates high school. Hannah, let's jump right into the soccer aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Talk about the difference between the club level and the high school level and maybe which one you enjoy more. Um, so the difference is like for since I know go to Walsh like in club, Walsh is a very high competitive high school team. And I know not a lot of high school teams are like that. So I'll say like very competitive on both sides, both aspects. I just, you know, get to travel more and people get to see me more colleges on the club level because, you know, that's what club is kind of for. Right. But I think, like, both give me everything I want to grow as a soccer player. And, you know, it's hard to decide which is better. But they both come very close. And I say in the fall, definitely high school and other seasons club. The focus of the podcast, obviously, is playing soccer in Northeast Ohio. So talk a little bit about your upbringing in Northeast Ohio soccer, maybe how your parents or family got you into the game and mm -hmm. what you enjoy most about playing in this area. I have an older sister. She's a year older, and she was good at pretty much everything, and I wasn't. <laughs> so I always would compare myself. Like, she would get A's on her English and math tests, and I would just not do good. And I would, like, get in my head and be like, I'm not good at anything. So my parents threw me out to soccer. They're like, Lexi doesn't do soccer. We'll put her in soccer. Just, <laughs> just go do something. So I did, and it turned out to be I was very good at it. So I just stuck with the sport, and I've kind of, like – just loved it ever since and my dad plays baseball and then my mom doesn't do a sport I think she did one season of volleyball in high school okay. and that was pretty <laughs> much it she's not athletic like that and then my sister does softball so I was kind of the first kind of soccer person in the family but I do have some Spanish background I have some great uncles who do it so I kind of look forward to them and I look at them as inspiration lots of mentions of your family talk about mm -hmm kind of the role they've played in raising you and making you the person you are, maybe the player you are too? Oh, well, they're very, very good family. Like without them, I wouldn't be where I am. I know for Cleveland, I practice in Cleveland. That's an hour. So that's like an hour drive. My parents have to do like two hours every day and they have to sit up there. Like that's not easy, especially when they have hard jobs. You know, my dad, he doesn't usually do the driving, but it'll be 11 o'clock when I get home and he'll still be up and he'll make me dinner and he'll make sure everything is set. He'll make sure my math homework's done. And so <laughs> yeah, he's he's the only good one at math. So I'll always go to him. There'll be some crying at the dinner table, but <laughs> I get it done. Yeah, and my um, older sister, she goes to a different school. She goes to Lake, but she's still so supportive. And my younger sister is still learning and growing. So whatever I do, she'll do. And it's just kind of like a tight family, and I'm very happy that I'm in it. Talk about some of your early on experiences at, with soccer, whether it was youth soccer, anything, any coaches that may have pushed you to be the type of player that you are at the early age. Well, I can remember my first ever goal 
in my soccer career was an own goal. <laughs> I kicked it the wrong way off a corner kick and it went in. So I still have that in my memory to this day. I played for Canyon United for a while and I had this really cool, good coach, Drago, and he kind of inspired me a lot. So and then he kind of went to Cleveland. And so then I kind of followed him and just like, just my teammates too, they kind of went to Cleveland and I just remember all of those memories. Like I still follow a lot of them around for high school. Like I still like check up on them. And, you know, I've always kind of been in like this area, Canyon Cleveland has been a very tight group and like I made so many friends and it's been a great experience. What's it like interacting with some of your friends who might be on different teams now at any level, club, high school? How does it feel to interact with them on and off the field? It feels great. You know, Katie Norris, she plays for Manchester. She was an All-American too. So to see her, like I haven't seen her in, I don't know, like so many years, but then we went to the convention. Like we were just like old friends. We were just talking it up. Like that's how kind of the community I was lucky to be around. You were a high school All-American. Talk about mm -hmm. that experience and what it meant to receive that honor and maybe go through the process of how you found out. I actually didn't know it was possible because I didn't really know <laughs> anyone who had it, anyone close. So, you know, Javi was texting me. He was texting me like, oh, you're like Ohio and like first team and stuff like that. I'm like, thanks. Then a little while after that, I got a text where it's like he had an email and he sent me a screenshot where it's like, Hannah has been selected to be an All-American. And I was like, it's like, what is this? Like, <laughs> what? And that, but when I found out, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's like a dream now, like kind of thing. Like, I look to strive for that. Like, that's the highest level. And it was really cool, but I was like, I thank my teammates because, I mean, how many goals I had last season weren't just me breakaways. They were assists. They were clearance from the defenders. Like, So it was a really cool experience. And then the um, convention there was awesome because then the colleges, All-American, got to come. Cause I got, so I got to see all the cool college players. Really cool and got to see them and take some photos. And hopefully I can get that again. What did receiving the All-American honors do for your recruiting process? Um, it was good for the resume. I think it was really well. I have like a resume I would always put in my emails when I sent to colleges. So that helped a lot. And then some colleges will even be like, wow, like you're an All-American for high school. And so it was like, it helped me a lot. Just like anything kind of like my freshman and sophomore year I did was kind of put on my resume. And so they would look at it and it's like a really good thing. Like if anyone going through the recruiting process, they should make a resume and they should like put their GPA, put like where they played, some cool things so that colleges can get to know you better. Before we get into the college aspect of things, started at Walsh Jesuit High School in 2021. Coming into a program like Walsh Jesuit, which for those who don't know in this area is one of the powerhouse programs in women's soccer. Talk about how it felt to come into the program and buy into the traditions and maybe what your expectations were before you are part of the roster. So I was really scared coming in. I didn't really know anything about Walsh. I just remember I had Reagan Pence come to my house one day for a sleepover, and she's like, you need to come to Walsh Jesuit. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll look into it. And so then I got to look into it more, and then we did decide to go. And then my first practice, I was really scared. It was like conditioning practice. You know, Colleen Reagan was the first person. Molly Gray came up to me, and they just welcomed me. And, like, ever since, it's been, like, really great warming place to be and I got to learn their traditions and superstitions like over the years I became very superstitious because of it because it is very superstitious place to be but it's like that's it that's the traditions that's what's so cool and fun about it like no other high school team probably does the things Walsh do and that's okay that's why 
Walsh is so unique and so fun to be around. While you're carrying through your first season, what are some of your takeaways that you bought into, what you learned, and how you were able to carry it through into now being a junior? There's a lot of respect that go into it, being a freshman and having seniors that are there that have their one year left, like they only have like 20 games left. So kind of just respect them, play for them, don't play for myself. It's it's a big family kind of atmosphere, so I can never have the mindset of play for myself, rack up the goals for myself, like it's for them and everything. And I kind of like carried it on to like any day kind of life, like for just like academics and stuff. Like I do what I can for everyone around. Like I help other people, like if someone needs help with math, I'll step out and help them with math like I just think they really built they really grown me as a person not just a soccer player and Walsh Jesuit a program that experienced a lot of change right before you jumped into the program Mm -hmm. what was it like kind of experiencing that with maybe some of the players that experienced the previous regime as you were just a freshman and didn't have any any idea of what had maybe gone on beforehand talk about how you were able to aid your teammates in that process and kind of buy into coach Javier Iriart's system so I say I was lucky enough since I was a freshman coming in. So like Javi was my first coach, so I didn't really like know anything else. Right. So that kind of helped me kind of be like ease into it more. But I know it was harder for like the other people because it was a big change. And, you know, for the seniors, it was their last year and they had a change of coach. So it might have been harder for them. But I think just like being there and like helping like at this point when I was freshman I feel like I was helping the other players too like I was like kind of feeling comfortable with Javi and I feel like they were comfortable and then also made me feel even more comfortable so it's kind of like all like reflected off each other and you know we had like a good session at ONU where we all talked it out and I feel like after that point we just put everything behind us and we were just focused on the future in lower.com and at the high school level obviously playoffs are a big deal you were able to participate in a state final your freshman year. Talk about that experience. Even though you didn't come away with the win, mm-hmm. talk about what it was like to get to play at Lower.com Field and see the program to come to fruition in the best aspect. Um, you know, Javi was saying all season, we'll be at Lower.com, we'll be at Lower.com. And I was like, what is that? Like, like is that where you go Like, if you <laughs> win a game? Like, what? Because I, I didn't really know the whole playoff kind of thing as the beginning of freshman and then I learned and I was like really like we're gonna go to lower.com like there's some good teams out there Javi but okay and so when we did when we got to like we passed regional finals then state semis and then we were going to states I was like okay now it's actually time we have to win and so it was just really nerve-wracking kind of because this is your last game with everyone and everyone's watching like everyone at school is always like are you gonna win are you gonna win it's like you know, come find out. So always the responses. But, you know, I was probably shaking on the sidelines watching. Um, it was the Division Two team play before us. So it was a little nerve-wracking and everything. But, you know, I always just talked to my teammates, and they helped calm me down. And it wasn't the result we wanted. And, you know, I would do anything to go back and play again and just be there. But now I'm hoping I'll just go forward and go be there I won't go back to it and I'll just learn because I like to you know learn from my mistakes so I'm just going to be more calm and everything and I think it'll be good how do you prepare yourself mentally for a big game like that um I kind of just tell myself to just relax be calm I kind of talk to myself and like I was saying superstitions 
So I'll have to tie my left shoe before my right. <laughs> so if I do that correctly, I'm like, okay, I'm fine. But if I do it wrong, I'll be like, no, I have to restart. Like, this isn't right. We're going to lose. Like, something like that. I get in my head. But if I just go through my motions and I just, like, do what I feel is right, then, yeah. And then I always do a pregame text to my grandparents, too. <laughs> so I make sure that happens and my grandpa's always texting me he's like score me a goal and I say I will and then I'll put two exclamation marks that means two goals and then when it comes true that's like my little superstition wow <laughs> that's a cool superstition uh obviously without giving away too much of the program superstitions if you could pinpoint one thing that the team does or maybe you and a smaller group does that helps you get ready for a game or just makes you feel closer to your team what would it be um so I know during playoffs, we always get in a circle and we talk a little bit and then we do Wonder Woman pose and then we do our chants. But another one would be it's me, Audrey and Reagan before the game starts. We'll go by the sidelines. We won't step on the field and we'll do a, a Wonder Woman pose. And then we'll have either Reagan or Audrey will talk and they'll just like say, think about what you're going to do. Think about you blocking a shot, scoring a shot. And we kind of just go around. We hit each other's stomachs really lightly to <laughs> get each other going. And then when it gets quiet, I get ready and I just clap really loud. And then we break. And then that kind of like calms me down more. And it gets me ready to like be excited and then play with my teammates. And then you being a player that scores a lot of goals, do you feel any pressure to go out there and capitalize pretty quickly to put your team on the board? How does that, how do you play into that? Um, you know, I feel some pressure, especially in the big games, when it's like Hannah's got to score this one, like, or it's like 1-0, and like we need a goal, and like everyone's like, come on, Hannah, come on, Hannah. Like, there's always like pressure with like anything. It'll be the same with defense, like if we're winning 1-0 and stuff. But I just kind of look to just go and score. I don't think too much about it. I look for the assist more than the goal and everything, which is probably something I should probably work on a little bit. But. <laughs> I think a great assist is a little cooler than a goal. How do you feel when you hit a goal that almost seems effortless to the crowd? Because mm -hmm. watching you play, sometimes you'll come off of a goal and celebrate, and it, it looks like it's just <laughs> cliche and norm for you to score. Um, you know, I just practice a lot with my finishing. I don't do too much of, like, striking balls and everything. So I just go and just drive to the goal with my speed and just hope to just slot it in it's it is pretty easy and stuff like that like a lot of people with the right training and right mindset of just you're gonna score they could do it if you could pinpoint one goal at any point in your career that you really enjoyed or just was immaculate what would it be it would definitely be the twinsburg goal it was both of them i liked a lot it was the first goal was like Outside of the 18 on the left side, I cut it back, and then I kind of spun it top corner. That was the first goal, and then, like, I think, like, the first five minutes. So it really, like, set us out. And then when we were tied, the second goal was, like, outside the 18, low to the corner. Like, that one was pretty cool because it was, like, everyone dreams of, like, a game-winning goal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was mine I would always remember. Touch on that game a little bit, that regional semifinal mm -hmm. game. It was very foggy. For those who aren't aware, Walsh Jesuit faced Twinsburg in a regional semifinal last year. Very foggy, very kind of eerie environment. Mm -hmm. um, what's it, first of all, what's it like playing in a low vision environment like that? Obviously, for this podcast's purpose, some Ohio weather <laughs> it gets difficult as it gets colder, but that was some extremely low vision weather. What's it like kind of being able to play through that and still be able to capitalize on your chances? 
Um, it was a little hard, especially because we were wearing white and the fog was like really white that day. But, you know, that just means we have to be more talkative and more communication. Like if you can't see the man running behind you, then we talked a lot. And that's we're very good at it because, you know, I was saying how we are a family at Walsh. So we can easily we easily talk to each other. and We understand what we're going to do. So that was like it was a little tricky because it didn't start off foggy, but it got a little foggier. And then like the last three minutes, it was really foggy and we were really trying to keep the lead. So it was a little tough, but it was kind of fun to play in. <laughs> that run came to an end in the regional final. Mm -hmm. Very difficult loss with the circumstances surrounding it. Did you feel any pressure to be a leader in that moment? And how did you take that on? Um, so I did feel some pressure, maybe some regret, because I didn't know I wasn't playing into the game until I kind of got there. I know right. my um, head injury kind of stopped me from that but Javi didn't really make a decision he was just kind of asking me how I was and I know I wasn't practicing so the day of Javi pulled me aside and like the rest of the leadership council and he told me and then it kind of like broke me I was like like this could be our last game like but no don't think that like I believe in my teammates and I did mm -hmm. and stuff but I did like take some time to just like calm down because it was a little tough hearing that and then I do have some regret of just like being down about it like I wasn't like happy during warm-ups and stuff but soon after the game started I was like we're actually Lexi pulled me aside and was like believe in us believe in your teammates so I was like I do I do and so after that I was like okay no more of this so I put a smile on my face and I was happy because I was my teammates were going out there and they were killing it and they were killing it sadly the last 20 seconds did end and we didn't end up winning but I was proud of my whole team, and even though I really badly wanted to go on the field, like it still could have been the same result. So it could have been worse. So I was just proud of my team and all the effort they put in. And then coming off of a loss like that, coming into the next year, how does it feel to want to be now that you are on the field playing? Do you feel that it is easier to come out and try and play for your teammates? Are you? What are you looking forward to in this upcoming playoff run as the second season starts? And how do you take last year's loss and use it to your advantage to continue to bring success for your roster? I think it's a little difficult now that I'm a junior because I was always seen as like the baby of the team. Freshman, freshman and sophomore years, they were like the babies. Now that I'm a junior, now I have to actually grow. And now I'm learning to lead the team and talk more. And it's like I feel some responsibility but also I'm having fun with it and playoff season, I just don't want it to end. So I'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that we get the longest run that we can because I don't wanna have my senior season yet because then that means one more year. So, and you know, like the losses always gets us. Like anytime we're doing something like at practice and we need high intensity, well, he'll always, Javi will always talk about the losses and stuff and it gets us motivated. So we don't, go down about the losses we get motivated we remember them and we study them and then we just go out and then we kill them and you talk about being a leader touch on maybe explain what the leadership council is the concept of it at walsh jesuit and what it's like to be a part of it and how do you feel that you were picked to be a part of such a small group um the leadership council is about seven girls there's i want to there's four seniors and then three juniors and the leadership council is kind of just like a council that is like there for you it's like it's a welcoming council but also they make a lot of like 
I want to say the rules, but kind of just like the ideas, like we'll send out an itinerary. Set the yeah, they set the standard. And like a lot of people like look up to us and like that's something that's very inspiring and everything. And to be with the, the group, within the group and then with the seniors, like it's was very nice to get chosen. I was very excited and I felt like, okay, now I have to show my teammates that it was a good decision. But, you know, the leadership council through like my freshman year, like, they were like the best of leading and like my sophomore year like they do have a lot of responsibility but also they know how to like control it and also like you can't really tell that there's a council too like it's not like okay the council's over here and everyone else is over here like we're still within like you don't really notice we'll s still ask advice from freshmen of what we should do and then we'll send out a text and stuff like that we're just kind of more helping and like we kind of replace like hobbies kind of spot a little bit. How do you use the leadership council heading into the second season to bring everybody together? And like you mentioned, it's, there's no differential. How do you maintain that closeness and no, no clickiness between the leadership council or the rest of your teammates? How do you kind of bring everybody together and keep that same mindset going into a, basically a second season? Um, I think at this point, everyone's pretty much all together because we do a lot of team bonding and like Wittenberg and stuff helps a lot. And I know like after school, like I'll take some sophomores and some freshmen to like film and everything. So I think if we just continue to not, to like split up kind of thing, like don't have all the juniors be in one spot or the seniors, like then like we're all fine. And like we'll be like a family. No one like will know that, oh, she's a sophomore. She's a freshman because the freshmen are picking up all the balls and all the cones and everything because we don't really do that we're like everyone go get the balls and everything so like that's what I kind of like about Walsh too they don't just pick out the freshmen and like bully them and everything just because they're younger like if we just continue to be ourselves we'll be good and you being in that position once as a freshman as you mentioned the freshmen and sophomores are kind of like considered the babies of any roster at any mm -hmm. level um now you being a junior how do you bring in your younger players into a program that's so well established and then maybe even players that are coming up from JV at the end of the season? How do you bring them into your culture, especially you being a part of the leadership council? Um, I think for what I do is kind of communicate to them more because I know for JV getting pulled up to varsity can be stressful because at this point in playoffs, we do some of the same drills. So everyone knows what to do. And so I'm like, don't worry, like, you just pass here, then you run around, just go to the end and like watch and then you'll get it. And so I think that is a lot because that can be very stressful on them to just throw them in kind of there. So we do a lot, like I was saying, a lot of communication and a lot of talking. Let's move away from high school a little bit and get into the club level. You're playing for the Cleveland Force at the ECNL level. Talk about your club. Explain maybe what Cleveland Force's tactics are. And you already talked about how it's different from high school. But talk about maybe your experience with the Cleveland Force and how it's helped you moving forward. Um, you know, I really love Cleveland Force. I've been there since the beginning. Um, it's a great club. They give me lots of uh, different experiences. Like I play for the W. USL league and then the just the Academy USL and they gave me the opportunity to go to Catafe in Spain to train over there for a week so like without them like I don't think I would be at the level I was at. How does club help you prepare for the next level maybe differently from high school? I know you talked about the difference mm -hmm. in the level of play but for you personally what are some things that you can take away from club that you might not get out of the high school level? Um, one thing I would say is maybe just the competition 
like wash like high school is like very competitive but when you're at club you're playing people from california and you're playing people from like all over the country and everything so the competition is you know a little bit more rougher because then there's colleges lined up on the sidelines and everyone wants that scholarship and wants to be noticed by the same college so it gets like a little tough in that aspect but yeah how would you say the club competition in the northeast ohio area is for you um, it's good. There's a lot of competition and rivals. Like we want to be the top of our bracket so we can get in a good playoffs for Seattle or wherever the playoffs are going to be that year. So there's a lot that go into it. And, you know, you play with your friends, too, because then they're on your high school team. So it's also a lot of fun. Talk about your experience in the WSL and how you played. You were obviously, I believe, the youngest player on the roster, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. How did it feel to play with such older players? And did you feel intimidated? Was the talent level the same? How did you, what did you take away from your experience training-wise? You know, I was a little intimidated. I got to play two games with the um, USL, the Women's League team. So it was a little intimidating, but just like to like find out that I was. But when I stepped in the locker room, I was like, oh, like these girls are really nice and everything. They showed me what drills to do during um, warm-ups and then when I stepped on the field I didn't play the first game I didn't play the first half and then I played the whole second half and right when I stepped on the field like they were like you got this don't stop working like come on and I was like, like I kind of felt like a freshman in high <laughs> school like same when like Molly Gray was like I, you got this Hannah like keep going so it felt good and everything that they were cheering me on and it was a lot of fun. I mean, the girls are really good. They play in all different colleges and stuff. Like, some are in Akron, from Akron, Dayton. So it was a really cool experience, and hopefully I can do it again. What does that say about you getting pulled up to a level like that? What did you take away from it, maybe personally, that did you feel indifferently about how the way you felt you could play? Were you able to kind of bring your mindset up to yes, I can really compete at this level. How did it play into maybe your college recruiting process and thinking you might be able to play at the higher level even more than you already did? I think at that point where I was, I was like kind of happy about it because in, I'm playing with colleges and I'm playing against, well, the girls we play against, I'm pretty sure had like three children. Like they were, <laughs> they were so much older, but um, you know, just like I felt like, okay, then maybe I can hang in college It'll be a lot of fun, so that's why I'm hoping that I can get more experience out of it before I go to college so that I can also, like, continue to grow in that part. Well, I don't think I'm exactly where I need to be for college. What are you wanting to do maybe in the off-season to prepare? Obviously, you're still a junior. You have one mm -hmm. more year at the high school level. What are you looking to do in the off-season at the club level to prepare yourself to be at that level you want to be for college? I think I just have to continue to push myself at just trainings, like – don't take it easy at all just because I'm committed to a college like I still need to push and push my teammates too because they're still looking at options and you know it's like I don't think too much will change because there's always a bit of a relief that um once you commit but there's also a lot of more work that goes into it ECNL obviously a big deal in the soccer community from all around the country talk about the level of competition within ECNL and maybe your main club team that you play for, mm -hmm. maybe some experience that you've had with them, and could you pinpoint one favorite memory from your club team? Obviously, lots of your friends on that roster as well. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say the competition, you know, ECNL is really big. Like, I think it's, like, the biggest league for girls. Then there's, like, GA and everything. 
So it's, like, a lot of fun to play against different people. Like I was saying, like, there's people from, like, all over the country and everything. And then some of the girls, like, I did, like, ID2, this, like, training camp. And some girls that I would play against also went to ID2. So it's, like, cool. Like, you kind of, like, see the same people, even though if they're from everywhere. And then for a club, you know, I just feel like when we play our best games, I would have to say for club, would be when we went to um, California. We were in playoffs, like we were like the 14th seed and we had to play against the one and the three and the six. And so we were like, okay, like we got this, let's just play ourselves. And we did end up going all the way to the championship round. This was for like showcase A and we didn't win, but just like to build up to there, like it felt really good to do that with my teammates, especially since it was like the last week of playing with them before high school. And mm -hmm. that was probably my favorite memory. Talk about how you're able to take things that you learn from club, bring them to other people you may know, and maybe help yourself teach others, teach people at the younger level. Mm -hmm. I think at this point, when you're at Walsh a lot, do play that kind of club level and everything. But you know, I'm older, so I have, like, a little more experience kind of in that aspect of it. So I kind of just like to, you know, teach the other girls and everything just, like, simple things. Like, I know Abby, like, I was working on her with her shots because she likes – she takes a lot of shots and very limited go in, and she was kind of beating up on herself. So I was like, okay, Abby, we'll have five shots before – after the end of practice, we'll have mm -hmm. you score five goals, and I'll teach you, like, just the right positioning to lean forward and everything. Would you say that the level of pressure is higher or lower at the club level than high school? Um, I would say it kind of depends on what aspects, like what place. Like I would say at showcases, it's a little higher because of the colleges on the sideline and then there's national team scouts and everything. And like you have to get your team going, especially because if you play a really good team, it's a lot harder to have the ball. So I kind of just feel like responsible to like just pick the team up like it's okay like even if we don't have all the possession in the world like still go out there and get it but and then like for high school like when playoffs come and like you have very limited games and stuff you don't really don't have that many as club so just like to go out and win all those games and have fun while you can is a lot let's transition into the college recruiting process a little bit you mentioned there's a lot of coaches at the club level that come out to showcases maybe they're looking at you uh, when did you kind of really begin your process and how did you decide you wanted to talk to different coaches? How did you go about that? Um, so I kind of started my freshman year. I decided to go to ID camps, which are just like, you know, camps, get some extra training. The coaches can see you. But since I was a freshman, they can't really talk too much with me. Right. Like if I go to the camp, they can, but otherwise they can't text. They can only talk to the coach. So that, so I did a little bit of that stuff because it's also hard, like, will they even remember you? Mm -hmm. And so my sophomore year, I did a lot more of the emails and, like, my resume. I started to fill my resume. And that was kind of the sophomore years, like, when they really start to watch you because then in the summer they can contact you finally. So, like, going to the showcases, like, they had a lot text um, my coach and be like, we're interested in her. Can you tell her, like, come to our ID camp? So I would do a lot more ID camps and just a lot of emails. I'll pretty much email anyone, kind of just like anyone who showed interest sure. and just like do it because like I'd rather have a lot of options than like very limited because colleges do look into that and everything would be like 
they'll have two girls be like, oh, this girl's been emailing me since freshman year. This girl has never, she's like really wants Mm -hmm. to come here. She's more, more into it. Script out your email for me. What, what did you say word by word to college coaches (laughs) to make sure that you stood out from any other generic email that somebody, like you mentioned, that might not email all the time? How'd you make Mm -hmm. yourself stand out? Um, so I always started off with like, if they're in season and they had a game like good win against so-and-so like stuff like that and then I kind of make that short because if it's too long they'll be like okay like next thing so then you would go into after that I go into like what fields what times like where what color and everything like that and I would always say I have yellow shoes and like yellow pre-wrap so they know I'm like number seven and stuff and then after that is like a link and they would they would click it and it would be my resume and so I have like a full thing of resumes then I'll have my YouTube and my Twitter and all that that they can easily go to and like I think the more you give them kind of on yourself the more they're like okay I want to go see her talk about some of the visits that you might have gone on once you did make contact with the coaches what were you looking for what is your what is your expectations in a visit on any college campus before you committed um I was kind of looking for what the campus looked and felt like and then also the atmosphere of the players and coaches were kind of like the main thing. You went on multiple different visits. If you could pinpoint, aside from Virginia Tech, if you could pinpoint one that you enjoyed a lot and maybe took a lot away from heading into a different visit that you kind of improved your experience, what would you say it was? I would say um, Rutgers was a very good one. The coaches were so welcoming, so nice. Like the players were so nice and I had a lot of fun. Like. It felt really like good to be there. Like it felt like a great community to be around. And obviously, you did end up committing to Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into that a little bit. Talk about your first conversations with Virginia Tech and what made you want to continue interest with them. Um. So I was. I did go to their ID camp my freshman year. That was the one I went to. It's. I've kind of always been interested. Like I would go on Instagram and see how their games were. Like I like subtly be very interested in them. And then just before June 15th, I got something in the mail and like it was like a sticker and like a book and everything from Virginia Tech. And I like freaked out. I was like, oh my (laughs) God, like they do it to like they email, like they mail most to a lot of people. But the fact that I got one, I was like, right. Oh my gosh. Like they happen to some of my games. Like they are interested. Like don't freak out. Like it's okay. Like because I also going into this, I wasn't like so set on one because also like the thought of getting my hopes really high up and then Mm -hmm. it not working out like I wanted to be very open-minded so then June 15th hit and they were like we would love to call you and so then we had calls and then more calls then zoom meeting and more and everything and then when I went on campus like soon after I was like I love this like I've loved it since like freshman year like I gotta go here what do you like the most about Virginia Tech's campus that really drew you to it well, the campus is beautiful. Like, it really is beautiful. And then, but I think just the coaches, like, their kind of coaching aspects and how they coach was really good and, like, refreshing to see. And, like, the players, like, I went into their locker room and the thing they did was, like, what Wash would do. They'll blast the music, they'll have a lot of fun, they have superstitions. And it was, like, really cool to see that from a college team. And so I was like, and I always thought about, if I love Walsh so much as a high school, I got to have it as a college. Mm-hmm. So I felt like they connected kind of like the most in it since like I loved it since freshman year. It was like perfect. Absolutely. 
now that you are committed, talk about what you're most excited for going into your senior season next year at Walsh Jesuit and what you're looking forward to the most about being a NCAA Division I athlete. Um, for my senior year, I'm just excited to have that season, to have it with my teammates one last time, with the coaches. I'll never take that for granted. I will hope we go to playoffs so far so I can have the longest time there. And then um, I'm just excited to go to college too because it's a new experience, something new, something that's probably nothing like high school. So it'll be fun to just jump into that. And so we'll see what kind of happens and how it plays out my freshman year. And as we get near the end of our show here, let's get into some a bit more personal questions. First one I have for you is, this is where I like to give everybody their chance in the show to shout out people that have been there along their journey. You obviously mentioned your coach Drago, you mentioned your family, you mentioned Javier Iriart. Talk about anybody else that you wanted to shout out about anything that they have done for you along your journey. You know, I love to shout out my parents. I mean, they've been with me since day one. So of course, like they really are inspirational, but I also like to shout out my teammates from Force and from Walsh, like I know Reagan Pence, we have been, we haven't known each other for that long to be honest, but people think that we have known each other since like <laughs> kindergarten, but we really just met like two, three years ago. So like with her, like she's really helped me a lot to become the soccer player I am since we're both very competitive. We wanna be the best that we kind of feed off each other. And then, you know, I like to thank the soccer coaches, um, Joel Pence for club, he has helped me a lot, and he's realized the kind of player I am. Rob Miller, he is like the girls' director. He's given me so many opportunities, Everett. He's given me so many, all from Cleveland Force. Like, without them, like, I just wouldn't be where I am. And that same goes with, like, Javi and then Shane and then all the coaching staff there at Walsh. Like, they've made the um, environment there so much fun to be around. I know some girls that come to club complain about their high school and it's like so glad to be back like I did not have fun but they really make it very fun. If you could give any advice to younger players as you mentioned being a leader is a big thing for you any player that may be in their recruiting process or even kids all the way down to five six-year-olds that are just starting out in soccer what advice would you give to anybody that looks up to you? I would say that just go through your process don't worry about anyone else's like everyone's is going to be different like, it's okay that you're going to have, like, high highs and lows. Like, don't worry about it. Like, just keep being you and just remember why you're doing this. Like, you're doing this because you love the game of soccer. Absolutely. Before we close out, professional soccer, got to ask you, favorite teams and why? Um, I would say for the women's is Portland Thorns because I, I just love them so much. Like, so Sophia Smith, like, they're really good, and they win a lot of games. It's fun to watch them. They have very good um, – passing patterns and it feels like they really are like the top team the next question just came to mind <laughs> is professional soccer something that you would be interested in yes I hope that after um, college that I can get into professional soccer that would be plan a because I just don't see myself going away from soccer so I hope I can do that but if not then I hope I can go somewhere into business I'll always have a plan b just in case absolutely how do you maintain that love for the game that you just mentioned? What what do you personally think about the game of soccer as a whole that you just love so much that you don't want to step away from it ever? I just 
think about doing anything else and like do I like that as much as soccer like I just can't see myself like doing anything but soccer like sometimes I'll go home and I'll be mad or I'll be sad about it and be like why do I do this but I do it because I love it and I do it because I have a good support system Hannah thank you so much for joining me here today thank you and this has been episode two of breaking lane streaming on all major platforms make sure to follow the podcast on instagram at the breaking lanes podcast you won't want to miss anything coming up especially another great episode right here with hannah patch and hannah thank you once again thank you for having me and we will see you next time